Good Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, their new promotion, they're giving away a Tesla. They've done it before. They're going to do it again. If you don't want it, they'll give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Head on up to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm. I, I'm not gonna. The All Star Game is not going to be appointment viewing for me. However, will you do me a favor if you watch it? Yeah. Will you do me a favor? Yeah. Are you going to watch the All Star Game, Alex? Yes, I'm a huge baseball fan. Good. So yes. Good. So you're my you're my my point of contact. Okay. Got it. If it goes to the eighth inning and it's tied, you have to text me. Will do. You know why? Why? Because there's no extra innings with the new CBA, and now it's a home run derby. So there is no 10th inning. According to the new CBA that's been negotiated, it is going to be a home run derby. For the American League, it'll be Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, and Kyle Tucker. For the National League, it'll be Pete Alonso, who lost yesterday. I don't know if they counted him correctly. Oh, wait, that was somebody else. Kyle Schwarber, they didn't count him correctly, but he'll be part of it. And Ronald Acuna Jr., who, by the way, the guy pitching to him should have been fired after the first <laughs> five balls. Was this guy trying to throw breaking balls? I think he was trying to strike him out. Well, I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, don't they, for lack of a better phrase, ask these guys to warm up with them days before? Well, let's see if you can throw it over the plate. But they have their choice of who can throw to them. I know. they. Well, apparently... Um, Acuna picked the wrong guy. Yes, very much so. Okay. With that, so the managers, the American League and the National League, will select three players who told you who they are, uh, who have agreed to participate. Uh, all three coaches to throw batting practice will be throwing. Each player gets three swings. The team with the highest combined home run total after those rounds will be declared the winner of the game. Do you I know think what? the fix might be in. I think they might try to do that. How are they going to fix it? Oh, I don't know. They'll just figure out a way to do it. Don't be so negative. I'm, yeah. Don't be so negative. Are you excited? Would you like? Actually, to, would you like to see go to extra innings? No, no, no. You don't like. This. I wanted to be. I wanted to replicate a real game, which is why the baseball all star is the closest to a. But good they're not going to play extra innings anyway. I know. I'm saying just play, play. I want to see a four to three nine inning game. Well, so would I. Well, no, actually, I don't. But if it's tied at three. I'll call you or I'll text you. Please don't. Please lose my number. Please. Let's Please. Yeah, you're killing me. Lose my number. Point is, would you rather, you'd rather have a winner after nine innings. Yes. But if there is no winner but after I nine. I, I don't want it to be done that way either. So but what yeah. does it matter who wins? It's not like the National League that had this huge streak. The, the, reason, the reason the baseball all-star game is the best there is, and I enjoy it, is because right. it's a real baseball game. And I don't, it still will I, be. I don't want them to 
go to the theatrical excesses to, to, to quote, get a winner. So you would rather it end in a tie? Yes. Oh, Terry. That happened in 2002 in Milwaukee. But of Bud, course. Bud Selig drew a lot of heat for that. It, and you know what? You, you shouldn't have those guys who are playing in an exhibition play more than they need to. Maybe you could go to, I don't know, three on three, you know, three on three in sudden death overtime. Again, I if you really want to spice it up, okay? You have your fastest guy on the American League team. <laughs> you have your fastest guy on the National League team. They start at home plate. You give them a three-second head start. Behind them is a caged tiger. And whoever <laughs> gets the furthest without getting eaten wins the game. And then they could also... That they, would they make it interesting. Them, they could fly them out to Eugene and enter them in the javelin catch. But wouldn't that, wouldn't that make it more interesting? No. I want to see a real baseball game. That is why I like the All-Star game. It's not batting practice pitching. It's a pitcher out there throwing regular season stuff. It's a real baseball game. That's why I like it. I have an idea. I just thought of a great idea. Have the batting practice pitchers pitch? Two things. That one, but this one. You bring in, you think you're going to think I'm nuts for saying this. You bring in 10 couples. Hold on. Let me Let me finish. Just dancing with the stars? Nope. Let me finish. Let me finish. I think you guys might like this. You pick 10 couples. All of them are expecting their first child. Now, just hear me out. And you know how they have reveal parties where it's either blue or it's red or pink, whatever it is. Each side gets to pick a person. All right. You already know what the test results are. The, the, the people don't. The people don't. Okay? One of them is a girl. Nine of them are boys. They get to pick the couple they want. And the person who hits the ball that explodes pink wins. How's that for excitement? It'd be a reveal winner for the All-Star game. And you that'd, know That'd be big on Twitter. That would be tremendous. Yeah, the, where the the intellectual height of discourse. I still like Twitter. the tiger idea. I still like the tiger idea. You can bring the javelin into it somehow. No, we don't need to mix sports. We don't need to mix sports. But but to your point, getting back, this is the only sport for an all star game where you can't fake it. No, you cannot fake it. You, you're going to be throwing a, a, a fastball at 95 miles per hour if that's what you rush it up at. Now, at times, guys will play around like Randy Johnson did with Larry Walker many yeah. years ago. Larry Walker went over the other side of the plate. And turned his hat around. Right. So you can have some fun with it, but you can't fake it and just ask Bob Fosse, who got run over by Pete Rose. I get the maddest about the basketball all-star game because they could make it a real basketball game. And they do sometimes. Every once in a while, there's pride kicks in, and they actually try to play defense. And they act like there's there is a competitive nature to it. The the, the basketball all star game could be so much better. That's I'll, what angers me. About I'm going to give you a serious idea, a serious idea for the all star game if you want to make it interesting. You know how for the home run derby, they donate money to charity, right? Mm-hmm. So you pick two charities for every hit. Major League Baseball donates fifty thousand dollars for every run. It's $100,000. I think that would be great. 
and you could do it on strikeouts. Mm -hmm. You could do it on a whole bunch of different stolen bases. That would be awesome. And you're not changing the integrity of the game. And then you have your score that, that is shown on TV, right? But then you have the money total shown on the other side. But you're trying How to cool f- would that be? But you're trying to, f- yeah, I, I understand that would be a supplemental attraction yeah. to, to a game that is already good. Right. But I also think that you're trying to, you're, you're uh, fixing something that isn't necessarily broke. No, but it would make it, I think it would make it more fun for the, for the viewer. And you know what else you could do? You know how like on American Idol or those shows where you phone in a winner, whatever it is. No, I don't. Okay. Well, there are shows where you can like phone in who you think is the best contestant. The voice. Okay. Well, apparently you watch it. I did a story on a guy in Greeley who was digging the voice. So with that, what you could do is in the fifth inning, you can have people vote first through the fourth inning on the charity that they want, the top two vote getters, the top two vote getters, those charities in the fifth inning get $50,000 for a hit or $100,000 for a run. You need to be hired. I think that would make it more interesting, no? Can we all agree, though, that the the, the, the worst all-star game is very, very clear? Well, that's the why they're considering ball. not doing it anymore. Yeah, get rid of it completely. And I don't even there's blame... Too, there's too much room for injury. Well, I don't even... Yeah, I don't even blame them for it. I don't even blame the players for it. If you played the, fo- the football Pro Bowl... As if it was a serious football game, you'd be an idiot. Well, hold on, but but if we're being if we're being completely honest here, then by far and away the second worst is hockey. Yes, it is because it, you don't it, hit. It, it was even worse. It was even worse before they came up with the idea that pretty much admitted what it was and went to three on three. When the All Star yeah. game was here, they even they just stopped the game. They couldn't they couldn't call a penalty with a straight right. face, so they just had to make one up. One quick thing: Are you a Rockies fan? Yes. Okay. Uh, will you stick around to see if CJ Crone hits? Yeah, he should come on in a pinch hitting role. So that would that would get you not excited, but you'd look forward to it. I would look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a good guy. To, he's an easy guy to root for after what he's been through. Though. No question, no question. But I remember as a kid growing up a Cubs fan. I mean, I waited for Ryan Sandberger to come up because he was the only All Star for for the for the Cubs in the 1980s and in the 1970s. The only guy that represented them really was Bill Madlock. So for me, I got excited to see those guys. At the age I'm at right now, I really don't care. But back then, I really did. I wanted to see my own guy. And you want to see him get ahead. You just do. Coming up after the break, Notre Dame, are they going to remain independent in football? Or are they going to join the Big Ten or the SEC? Well, there's a way for them to remain independent. And the Big 12 could play a major role in that. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about low T99. Man, I wish I would have found these guys sooner. It is testosterone that is now more affordable, and it is easier, and it is more convenient. Let me tell you about what they do. Uh, all-inclusive treatment for just 129 bucks a month. They're going to send you the testosterone and the supplies FedExed once a month, 129 bucks a month. Now, what does that price include? all of your lab work. You need to get your lab work done probably about every three months so that 129 takes care of that lab work. What else does it include? All your telemed visits. You don't have to go see your doctor anymore. You could do it telemed, and that is so convenient. And when it comes to being you know, convenient, I don't have to go to, the, to Walgreens anymore. It's delivered to my house, FedEx, everything that I need. This is the best thing out there. So guys... If this sounds like you or someone you know, take my word for it. I've been taking testosterone for a long time, and these guys are the real deal. Go to LowT99.com. That's LowT99.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, in the last segment we talked about, the talks have broken off between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. The Big 12 initiated these conversations. And then after looking at everything, after all the conversations, they eventually said to the Pac-12, you know what? We might have better options than fully merging with you. And you know what? This could be one of their options. CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd is reporting Notre Dame wants to remain independent. That's fine. They want to remain independent, but they want to earn at least $75 million a year in media rights revenue from their current broadcast partner, NBC, as part of the deal. Now, the deal is set to expire in 2025. Let's put this into perspective, Terry. If they joined the Big Ten right now, they'd be making between 80 and $100 million. Mm-hmm. But they want to make at least 75, and then they have their own exclusive television deal. Now, in order for them, according to Dennis Dodd, to make $75 million a year from NBC, NBC feels that to make this happen, they have to find what is called shoulder programming, which means... Lead-ins and post-games. A lead-in and then a game after. So... Apparently, there have been conversations between the Big 12 and NBC. But the Big 10 has already kind of taken itself out of it. So that's why the Big 12 is really the only major player left as a possibility to being the shoulder partner with Notre Dame. The Big 10, if I read it correctly, if I read it correctly, could still potentially do something with NBC. But they're going to have a one billion media rights deal with Fox as its primary partner. As it's, you said the right word, primary, primary. But, but if but if it's primary, how much money does that leave to be involved in shoulder programming with with Notre Dame? Well, they could if if there's no exclusivity. If I read it correctly, the Big Ten could still work with NBC, maybe on a handful of games, and then make even more money. But right now. The Big 12, um, 
probably would love to be a part of it. I think Big 12 has been nudged into the role as the primary possibility because the Big 10 is, has that huge deal coming up. That's right. I mean, the, the Pac-12 is in, a, is in a negotiation window. The Big 12 can't negotiate till 2024. And it's doing it under terms w- with the concession that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Right. Right. So... So that's they can't necessarily drive as hard a bargain, obviously, as if Texas and Oklahoma were still in the conference moving forward. We don't know what a new Pac-12 deal looks like, but if you're Colorado or Stanford or Washington or Arizona or Arizona State or Utah, and now you have a deal with NBC, that's when you jump. I would say the Big, the big 12 is going to make a serious run at Oregon and Washington. The who? The Big 12? Yes. Yeah, I would. I absolutely would. I also think it will be unsuccessful unless the money is so compelling that the, that Oregon and Washington say they, they just can't step away from this. Well, right now the big the Big Ten is not eager to add anybody, and I can tell you through an excellent source who understands what's going on with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Right now, there are no plans to add any more teams, no. and, and that includes Washington and Oregon. And when the whole USC-UCLA thing happened, I was told by this source, there are no plans to add anybody else. And as it turns out, this guy was right. I'll bet you that the Big 12 will end up pursuing Oregon and Washington, or at least listening to the possibility of, of them moving. Again, both conferences are playing a foolish game of chicken. They should merge, is what they yes, should do. I agree with that. But, I've come around to that viewpoint the last couple of but, weeks. But the Pac-12 doesn't want to do it right now because they're smarter. Because we have Stanford and Cal <laughs> and really good academics, and we don't need to lower ourselves to go to the Big 12 and be in the same conference as Iowa State and Kansas State. I think that attitude is being diluted with every day. Well, then why couldn't the Big 12 and the Pac-12 get something Because done? they were doing it on a piecemeal basis with with individual teams involved or a group of four teams involved instead of making it a full merger. If the Pac-12 wanted to get this done, you make those offers to a bunch of teams. What are you waiting for? One of these conferences is likely going to crumble. The question is, which one is the one to crumble? And you know who's going to probably crumble? The arrogant one that thinks it's better than everybody else. But they can also move forward under their own standards saying, we're going to do it we're going to run a classier operation than everybody else. We're going to step away from the yeah because they have the history of doing from, that from the cesspool because they have the history of doing the, that the cesspool that is becoming nil and trying to do it differently. Well, the problem for the Pac-12. I mean, this stuff all goes back to like the University of Chicago football. I mean, for heaven's sake. If if Stanford and Cal want to be part of a competitive conference, they should join the Ivy League because they'll win and at least they're on par with schools that are academically the same as them. Because the truth is, when you look at the college football playoff, the Pac-12 gets invited as often as cicadas come. But you're you're belittling the Pac-12 for its superior attitude and then then kind of confessing on your next sentence that there's justification for it, at least, with some schools. There's no justification, not if you want to survive. Sometimes you have to eat a little bit of crow if you're starving period. And they don't want to do that. Again, let's look at what Mike Bone said when he was with Colorado when he moved CU to the Pac-12. We are, we are, when they moved to the Pac-12, we are joining a conference that is more academically aligned with us. That was absolutely true at the time. 
and the, the it was you're the, right the, the Arizona cult, and Arizona cult, State the culture and the atmosphere of the Pac-12 was far better suited for Colorado. I'm saying that as an alum, mm-hmm. as somebody's familiar with the leagues, covered it for years. Colorado was a far better fit in the Pac-12. Than That's the Big fine. 12. And, and but inter- that was at that time. I agree. Now you have to reevaluate and assess and make decisions based on moving forward. I say this with all due respect to people who went to these schools. Again, I went to Indiana. I will never claim it's a top 25 school. So at least I'm realistic about it. Outside of Stanford and Cal, give me a great academic institution out of the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington are also members of the Association of American Universities. There's a nine of the 12 are the, well, they're the best research institutes in the country. There's 65 schools and the Pac-12 has, a, I think, nine of them. I'd have to go back and count okay. again. All right. Because counting was not a strong point of mine at University of Colorado. Right. But they are among the elite research institutions in the country. Great. But, but, but then you, you're, you're saying you want to have this idealistic attitude about what college sports can be. Oh, student athlete is an oxymoron. And then whenever we try to talk about that, linking them together is you can do, you don't have to be a cesspool to have a powerful football team that we, you belittle that. So, According to U.S. News and again, this is oh no, oh my God! Here, listen, U.S. News and World Report again. You know why? You know why? Because college, because high school kids look at that. They don't look at great research schools like you do. They're not that advanced. They look at that, which is the best I, university t- for tired, me. I'm tired of the U.S. News and World Report. That's, being, well, it just being happens to be cited as the be all end all of college. Well, it just happens for high school kids. That happens to be the authority on where they want to go. I have kids, okay? That's how they looked at it. That's how a lot of kids look at it. Where is this school ranked? I, or more kids importantly, don't even know what U.S. News and World Report is. Okay. Among the big 12 schools, I'll just tell you what they have. And some schools are really good. This is one subjective All right. rating. All right. Stanford's 5, Berkeley's 21, USC is 20, 23, UCLA is 25. As I've said, they're all top top whatever. Washington is 42. And then after that, Oregon State, that school that you mentioned is great research school, 138. No, Oregon is the research school. You said I thought you said Oregon and Oregon, Oregon State. No, Oregon State is not a member of the American Association. Of- Colorado's 94, Utah's 124. It once you once they lost USC and UCLA, it's like the big 2 and the little little 8 when it comes to academics. When it comes to academics, are you talking about academics, academics coupled with athletics? Well, the, the the athletics. I mean, when you were one of the biggest misconceptions in all of college sports is the idea that elite public, elite private schools are very difficult to get athletes in. Not all. Some of them are. Some of them are. Northwestern, yeah. Vanderbilt, go on. Yeah, there. yeah. If you, if you lower your standards, you have a chance to win a national championship, right, Bill McCartney? Right. <laughs> You know that's true. Just come out and say it on the air. Right, Bill McCartney? He lowered his standards. He convinced them to lower the academic standards to get a lot of those but his kids point, in. His point also was, let's have an open heart to allowing students to have a chance here. If they come to the University of Colorado or the University of Oregon right. and don't try, then you toss them out on their ear. But we, it's, it's easy to defend, in my mind, that you're going to give athletes a, a, a chance to succeed. Yeah. 
That's, I think that's very nice of them to do that. But let's face it, there's only one real motive. It's not that you're giving the kids a chance. That's fine. If, you, if, if you're giving them a chance, let them into Harvard. We're, we're, we're the name on the, it, it, the, the truth is, in my opinion, when it comes to going to college, there are about 25 schools out there where you want their name on top of the diploma. Just let me finish, please. You want their name on the top of your diploma, about 25 schools. Other than that, everybody else is pretty much the same. You know who's the most eloquent on this is, is Nick Saban. You should hear his speech about giving athletes a chance and holding them accountable with the point of holding them accountable being one of the paramount considerations. Okay. And I saw him give that speech several at Michigan State and Alabama. Right. And his, his, some of his Michigan State players have done very well. Yep. And you know what? He can back it up because according to this report, what I'm looking at right here, Alabama has one of the top graduation rates among in the country. In the country. So you're right. He holds his guys accountable. I think that's great. But not all coaches do. No, they don't. So not only wins, but his guys not necessarily finish school. How many guys, you know, go how, to the NFL early? But how many times have you heard an athletic director or, or a university president or a chancellor stand at a news conference and say, Coach Jones was doing a wonderful job in maintaining and setting a tone for a classy program. He was doing it right, but damn but you know what it always follow what always follows it is he didn't win enough football games. I want to hear a I want to hear an athletic director, president, or chancellor stand up there and say, you know, we were four and eight this year, and I know there are some people out there who think we should make a coaching change, but he's doing it right, and we're gonna we're going to stick with him. That's the idealist in me. I give coaches lots of credit. When they, when they can find a way to graduate their players. Now, again, a lot of these guys who are playing are going to leave early. The question is, do they actually go back? Do they actually go back? This, this report right here on Bleacher Report, and it is dated 2013, so I know we're going back far. Okay, But I'm guessing it's probably, I don't want to say it's necessarily consistent. These are the schools with the best graduation rates. Back in 2013, 10 years ago, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Boston College, Miami, that's a little surprising to me, Rice, but that's a great school, Duke, Rutgers, Penn State, Stanford, Army, Navy, Air Force, and there's a coincidence, Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, Miami of Ohio, great school, Northern Illinois, that's great, Iowa, Boise State, UCF, Utah State, Syracuse, West Virginia, Colorado State, good for them. TCU and LSU. However, there is one concession, there's one consideration I think that needs to be thrown in. If if you're going to the University of Alabama, your major and you want to make the NFL, your major, your major is, is football. football. No question. So if you leave school early and you end up going to the NFL mm -hmm. and making it making yourself secure financially for life, right, right. why should I hold that against the University of Alabama? You shouldn't. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't understand those who do. I agree. I wish there were a way to statistically uh, differentiate between those who go to the NFL and are making, or NBA, any any other sport. Well, think about this for a second. When Mike Krzyzewski was the coach, all of his one and dones that he recruited, his graduation rate's like 7%. <laughs> Coming up after the break, uh, Derek Jeter's seven-part series on ESPN. Did you watch it? 
And why the hell are they doing a seven-part series on Derek Jeter? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Okay, after the home run derby last night, ESPN showed the first of seven parts of a series called The Captain about Derek Jeter. They basically did one about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. They've done one, a long series about Tom Brady. Uh, I watched some of it. It was interesting to me. But I think my biggest thing is, um, is Derek Jeter the the best shortstop in Major League history? Did I miss something? That, uh, no, he isn't. That he needs to have a seven-part series. Or is this East Coast bias run amok? Yes. No question about it. it, it the idea of a seven-part series on Derek Jeter, I went into it semi-skeptical, and was those views were reinforced last night. It was it's just talking heads. Here's head talks here, head talks here. Yeah, but you and I talked about that. There's no narrator, so how else do you do it? Well. It's not about production value. To me, it's about the topic. And I thought it was well done. I didn't think they integrated enough baseball action footage, number one. The family stuff about his his mother and his mm-hmm. father, that was really interesting. Right. About uh, his his mother being in the service and meeting his father and all of that. I thought that was very good. But I don't know how, what they're going to do for the next six parts. And and we all know, as we said, if he was, if he had played for the Kansas City Royals, this would not be being done. Right. I think the reason why he probably got his own seven-part series, for starters, I know he won five gold gloves, but most baseball people would agree he was not a great fielder at shortstop. No. He was not. He's good. He was good. But, but he was far from great, and somebody told me today, a former Major League Baseball player I talked to today who is big on stats and all that stuff, he said he gave up like 150 more runs yeah. in the field than he actually played it. Don't but, look at his uh, defensive run saved, his DRS. It's among the worst in MLB history. Right. So with that, he played, he won five World Series titles as a captain, which you don't really have captains in baseball, but with the Yankees they do. He was the captain of five World Series teams. And when you look at the list of guys who have won five or more World Series, you really won't find anyone in the last 60 or 70 years. Was he in, indispensable, though? Could, couldn't a, a really good shortstop have filled in for him? Um, I don't know what he was like in the clubhouse, and I'm guessing uh, as a leader playing here. I'll ask you this, and we, we got to hit a break because we went way long on the last segment. I would say 
that the most difficult place to play professional sports in North America is Montreal. Is Montreal. As a hockey player. To play for the Canadians. Yes. The most difficult market to play in. Period. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. You can make the case that number two. Well, Toronto in hockey is number two. Fine. Toronto's number two. And number three is playing for the New York Yankees. No question about it. And for George Steinbrenner in that media market. And Derek Jeter in his first year was part of something special. I know how much money that, you know, George Steinbrenner would spend, but let's face it, the core of that team were draft picks, including Jeter and Posada and Pettit. And Bernie, so on and so forth. Sorry, are you saying he's worth a seven-part series? No, I don't. No, not? I'm not. But he he's being propped up to be. I'm telling you, that's why I think they did. It's a lot of East Coast bias. But how many guys have won five World Series titles? Not a lot. No. I mean, J- John Lester has, or John Lester has won three. Okay, but when you look at the list of guys who have won five or more. You are going way back. But he's also playing for the New York Yankees. He's not playing for the Kansas City Royals. If he played for the Rockies, he would be just <laughs> another shortstop. He just would. But when you look at Jeter on where he is, he's on a list of guys that played in the nineteen early 1970s or before. So it is pretty impressive. But I don't think it's a seven-part series. You're a producer. Who would you pick? to do a seven-part series on? In baseball? Yes. Barry Bonds, because it's a fascinating topic when you combine everything. When you combine everything about his life. To me, it's the most riveting. They should make a movie off the book Game of Shadows. Mm -hmm. I don't know who would play Barry Bonds. It's funny, though. Maybe Will Smith. He's violent. My pick also would be a giant Willie Mays, because he, he had... He was part of the integration of baseball. He played for the Birmingham Black Barons. Yep. He played in New York with the Giants before moving out west. You know, I wouldn't pick Willie Mays. Why you know, not? I'd pick Hank Aaron. He went through a lot more than Willie Mays did. Yes, but I'm. Uh, do you think that somebody's already done a major, major, major documentary on Henry Aaron? I bet somebody has. Not seven parts. You said, who would you want seven That's parts on? I'll take a seven-parter on him. I'll. T- you know what I'd like to a seven-parter on? And I want the first three parts just on pitching, and that would be Babe Ruth. I want the first yeah. three parts just to be on how great of a pitcher he was because people don't realize how great of a pitcher he was. His statistics are mind-boggling. As a pitcher, people don't understand that he was – people talk about the first great pitcher was Walter Johnson. Great pitcher, Cy Young too. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth was as good as Walter Johnson, and people don't realize that. And then, oh, by the way, had a career 342 batting average. And he had more home runs in one season than all the other teams in combined. In a different time. Different time, but still, th- those stats are so staggering. It To me, it's in the same breath as Gretzky having as many assists as somebody has points. It's that breathtaking. Everyone talks about Otani like he's the first one to ever do it. Otani will never even come close to matching what Babe Ruth did, unless he's going to be a 342 hitter. Then get back to me. Then get back to me. Because that was the dead ball era. You want to talk about pitching dead ball era, low ERAs, complete games, that's fine. In terms of hitting, uh, guys weren't hitting 342 back then. How about a seven-part series on Willie Mays and Hank Aaron? I think it's a disservice to Hank Aaron. 
he is one of the most underrated baseball players of all time. Because when you talk about the greatest baseball players of all time, people will immediately say Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Joe DiMaggio, where the hell, Mickey, where the hell is Hank Aaron? I think he's he was the home run king and everything he went through to chase down that title for the most home runs. That would be fascinating to me. Barry Bonds would be fascinating. But you know who the best hitter is, in my opinion? Best pure hitter. When I say pure hitter, I mean hitting, power, average, on-base percentage in my lifetime. Okay? And I'm 53. And you know what? I'll say your lifetime, too. Okay. Over a 10-year stretch. Over a 10-year stretch only. Because he's played too long like Willie Mays. Over a 10-year stretch, no one's better than Albert Pujols. No one. Look up his numbers. Why didn't you? Why weren't you glued to the television to watch him in the home run derby I last did. night? I did watch. Okay, him. I watched him his win the family first. with him was kind of fun. Yeah, to I watched. I watched him in the first round, God, I just and unfortunately, they the shorted Schwarber for a home run. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor? Just in case you missed it. Oh, well, first of all, I would like to see a documentary on Jose Canseco. I think that'd be pretty interesting. I'm just. I'm going to say one thing. When you talk about the most important people in the history of baseball, no particular order: Marvin Miller. Kurt Flood, Jackie Robinson, and somewhere on that list should be Jose Canseco. Because without him, guys are still doing steroids. Oh, I think it would have come out somehow. Might have, but he's the guy who blew the whistle. He's a complete tool, but he's one of the most important people in the history of the game. So what do we have coming up? Coming up, we have a former Nugget has now landed with the defending champions, and NASCAR is set to drive through Chicago next year with their first ever street race. Uh, that's next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. So after we get off the air, uh, there is a show, and Little Sisters Treats, they're coming up next, right? They are. It's the foodie show. Oh, my God. I just bought, and what a great purchase, six cupcakes for 20 bucks. Now, you're thinking, that's a lot of money. When you see these cupcakes, worth every penny. That's why I'm staying around. I'm doing a radio show to, out in Eugene, Oregon at 630. Are you? So, yeah, so I'm going to hang around here to do it from here. So that's why, But I knew that was coming. So you're going to steal from those little girls? Yes. No, no. You can have one of the cupcakes I bought. Oh, thank you. Okay. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. 
Former Denver Nuggets forward Jermichael Green is finalizing a contract buyout with the Oklahoma City Thunder and plans to sign with the Golden State Warriors no. after he clears waivers. Huh. Do you think uh, J. Mike will have a prominent role with no. the Warriors? No. He will have a prominent role cheerleading for the, from the bench, playing 10 minutes. They'll have a chance to win a ring. Good on him. Why would they want him? Because he's, he's going to be a nice role player off the bench. Good for him. He's a, he's a veteran. He's not a bad player. He'll play maybe 10, 15 minutes a game, right? I would think so. Yeah. No wrong with that. He's, he's, he's an older guy. Probably made some good oh, money. Good. And I was chasing a championship. I say good on him. Now, for a Kevin Durant going there, go win your own championship if you're that good. So we're going to make fun of Jermichael Green for wanting to win a championship, but not Kevin Durant. No, because Jermichael Green can't win a championship on his own, and he knows that, and he would tell you that. Uh, Kevin Durant thinks he's one of the best players in the league, and he probably is, so go win one on your own and stop being a front runner and joining a team that's already won championships. So how many games is the max for him to... How many games does a team have to have lost for him to be praised for joining them? Well, he joined a team that had had gone to the NBA Finals and then won a title the mm-hmm. year before. He joined a title, not contender, he joined a title I'm team. Saying, I'm saying if Kevin Durant, well, how bad does the team have to be for Kevin Durant to be praised for going to a bad team? Um, you, you, you cannot have, the team you're joining could not, could not have played in the Western or Eastern Conference Finals at least three years prior. Okay, that's a Twitter rule. No, no, that's my rule. Okay. Why, why are you saying Twitter? Twitter has nothing to do with it. All right. I think we're out of time. We've got to get to these cupcake girls for sure. That was uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. All French wines, 750 milliliters, 15% off. Got Argonaut Wine and Liquor off of Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Danny, Alex, great job today. Same with you, Terry. Do a good interview in Eugene. Make me proud. Make it the best possible night you can.